Welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast, where we showcase stories from cannabis industry power players. Guests take us on journeys and immerse us in the roller coaster ride, both in and out of the cannabis space, that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth in their personal and professional lives. Today's special guest is a cannabis industry writer and reporter, and I'm super excited to share our conversation with you all. Rochelle Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no, thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, to have this conversation with us and to let us in on your journey in the cannabis space and kind of what you're what you're up to. One thing I just want to start off the show by saying is before we went on air and we talked a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was so cool to me that you, among many other people in the cannabis space, just seem to have such a passion for what you do, right? Like day in and day out, like it, it's almost like it, it really is a blessing and it's so refreshing to see that. And so congratulations on on being able to kind of, you know, build that kind of a life for yourself and a career that uh, that you get to enjoy day in and day out. Yes, thank you so much for saying that. And it's really important for me to acknowledge how blessed I truly am. I get to live my truth every single day and make a living off of it. And it's fantastic. It really, truly is humbling and a blessing. I never would have thought that I would be here, but I am. And it's fantastic. I'm so glad. Yeah, no, that's super cool. So um, for those who are new to you and your work, if you wouldn't mind just kind of taking us down the path of what led you to cannabis and how did you actually get started working in this space to begin with? Sure, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So I've had a relationship with the cannabis plant since I was about 15 years old. That's when I first tried it and it was an instant love affair, I must say. (laughs) And I ended up getting into the culture. I'm from Wisconsin originally. And I kind of grew up in the in the old school Wisconsin ways, lots of swag. <laughs> and then I was an au pair in Amsterdam. I took a year off in college. I actually studied cool. education. And so I went and I was an au pair, which is a fancy word for nanny, and spent my weekends lounging around coffee shops and clubs in Amsterdam. It was quite thrilling. Obviously, this was far before any sort of adult use legalization in the United States. That was just a daydream away. <laughs> And I came back, I settled in Minneapolis, and I was involved in the traditional market, I will admit, in the in the Twin Cities and ended up catching a case over it, uh, a felony level drug case, and which ended my education career, unfortunately. But I was lucky enough to receive drug court. um, So I'm not a felon, which is fantastic. I know so many people um, in the space, I've had to do time and have felonies on the record. I'm really blessed to have avoided that. Um, and around that time, I started doing writing content as a side hustle, more so, not necessarily in cannabis, but about lifestyle, sustainability, education. But then as the legal industry started to grow, I started finding uh, um, gigs within that space. And Right, a lot of right time, right place sort of stuff happened. And all of a sudden I was traveling on North America covering cannabis trade shows and events. Um, literally overnight, it became my my career on the right side of the law. <laughs> it was really amazing. Very cool. Yeah, so it's it's pretty it's just so cool how sometimes these things can just happen overnight, right? Or or at least they feel like they do. So how did you end up working with um 
with, with some of the top tier publications in cannabis media. And did you network a lot in order to, to put yourself in, in the position that you're at today? Or was it more of a right time, right place type of scenario, even like as far as your career goes and like being connected with these publications that you're working with today? Kind of 50-50, to be honest with you. It was definitely a lot of serendipity, right place, right time sort of stuff. But this is a very heavily networked industry, as people know who are in the space. And so one thing sort of leads to the other, right? And mm -hmm. typically, the way that I would get work was just being authentically me, usually hanging around in circles outside of shows, you know, passing joints or dabbing. And when you get into those circles, that's where the real conversations happen in this space, arguably. And so just me being me allowed me, allowed me to have this life. And quite, quite honestly. That's so cool. And so you're on, you're on the, the writer and the reporter side of cannabis media, right? And then I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening, they have their own brands or their own businesses where they're trying to reach people like you or at least the public or the publications that you're writing for. And so from your side of the table and from your perspective, what are some things that brands and, um, and even publicists and PR professionals like myself, what are some things that we should take into account as best practices or things that folks on your side of the table appreciate and respect when a brand reaches out to potentially get coverage or to get written about um, or to do an interview and things of that sorts? I think there are a few good rules of thumb. Number one, I think it's important to really try to personalize the message, make sure that it aligns with the writer's or publication's style and vibe. If you're pitching something that has nothing to do with the publication, chances are you won't get put in. So it's important to be deliberate in that sort of way and really intentional in your messaging. I think it's also important to be persistent. Uh, my friend Heidi Groeschel, who also is in the cannabis PR space, she said to me once, the world belongs to the asker. And I think that's very, very true. So don't be afraid. Don't be shy. You know, reach out to people a couple of times. You don't have to be obnoxious about it, but just let them know that you have a story that you think is worth telling and you would love to tell them about it. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. And speaking of stories, um, one of the pieces you wrote in, uh, was tied to the leaders of Papa and Barkley, right? Yes, so absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how how what you do just puts you in a position to meet so many cool people who are spearheading a lot of um, a lot of progress on behalf of the entire cannabis community. And what is it like to be able to just kind of, you know, uh, like shake hands and just be able to, to have access to, to people who are really making some great things happen? It's a true honor and a blessing, I'll say once again. Um, and getting to connect with Guy and the team over at Papa and Barkley was incredible. They are doing such good work and really coming from a place of integrity and truth in this space and healing. It's really phenomenal. And to me, those are the stories that I really want to tell and put into the spotlight because there are a lot of people trying to make a quick buck in this space. And there are others who have been doing it for a really long time, maybe in the shadows. And now is their time to shine. And they're the ones that really, I think, deserve that sort of coverage. And so for me, when someone really has that heart and that and those pure intentions within, mm -hmm. it makes me far more likely to want to cover them and to work hard to pitch that story 
because I really think that they deserve it. And it's so important to remember that just because you have a cool story doesn't necessarily mean that you earned the coverage. So that's something to think about as well. Your why. Yeah, you you just brought up a great point. And so a lot of people will say, you know, hey, I've got this great story. I think I think we could really make headlines with it. But like you said, there's there's got to be there's got to be a meaningful and an impactful why behind it. So can you differentiate or kind of elaborate for a lot of us and just explain the difference between what's your typical cool story and then what's a story that really has a lot of substance to it that you or you know any other media influencer, editor, writer, um, content creator would actually see, read, and then decide to run with. That's a really great question. I think being able to set yourself apart is really, really important. And while there, it, there are a lot of parallels with different people's stories in this space, really look inside yourself or your company, your brand, and see what really is it that makes you different and unique. And really sell that part. Don't be shy about it. You know, set yourself apart. And I think it's really also important to play to a certain publication's strengths or vibe, you know, pitching to a more B2B focused magazine is going to be a lot different than a B2C. So think about who your audience is as well and what they would want to hear. Think about the stories that you find compelling, the people and the brands in the space that you're really enamored by. What are they doing? What makes them special? And then look within yourself and your company and see what's making you special as well. That's great advice. And I think that's that's something that a lot of us have a tough time doing because sometimes we feel like, oh, we don't wanna promote ourselves or we feel bad because it kind of sounds like we're trying to sell ourselves. But I think something to, that kind of ties back to, you know, being able to, to do what you love day in and day out, like some, like for example, have, you know, you and I are just fortunate to be able to, to do something that we are super passionate about day in and day out. It involves being vulnerable and kind of opening yourself up and speaking, you know, the truth and, and who you are and what kind of makes you, you. And so I think that's great advice for, for any, anybody, any brand that really wants to stand out. Um, it's to really just dig deep into who you are as a person or as a face behind the brand and really just shed some light on that and to not be afraid to, to expose that to the world. Right, exactly. But then also on the flip side, you don't want to smother journalists or influencers or publications either with information. So make sure that you're being really deliberate with what you're doing and have that intention as far as what is the story that we want people to hear? What do we want people to know about us as a brand or a company or a person? You know, what are those core values that could align with the rest of the marketplace? Those are the things to consider for sure. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I think keeping that balance is, is really key. And then aligning it to the publication's uh, tone and their audience. That's also um, a huge part of making sure of at least trying to align your story with what they're trying to, to, to tell and kind of communicate to their audience. Yes, exactly. 100%. Cool. So from, from your perspective, Rochelle, how has the landscape of cannabis media developed and shifted uh, over the past few years in terms of what publications are looking to cover um, and kind of just the overall development of the media landscape in, in cannabis? 
Well, there's definitely been a little bit of a thinning of the herd, so to speak, as the industry has grown. There's been some consolidation. You know, some really great publications have switched to digital only, or maybe they're not putting out as much new content. They're focusing on other things. Um, and, you know, you see that in any sort of, sorry, my dog. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You see that in any sort of growing industry, right? You see that consolidation. That's something that we're seeing across the board in the cannabis industry, not just in the media space, but just in general. And so I think that people now, they're really interested in hearing more about what's new and what's different and what's ahead. People are extremely excited about where we're going as an industry. But at the same time, we're also remembering where we came from. So success stories of people who have transitioned from the legacy market to the new to the new legal market, whether that's adult use or medical, those types of stories are really compelling. New technology, new new cultivars that are being developed. Everybody wants to know what's new and exciting. So that's sort of the thing that I think people are really hungry for. Also, as on the B2B side, for those types of publications, people want to know the companies and the services out there that can streamline their business, make them more profitable. As we all know, there are very um, small margins in this space. So if you have a technology or a service that can really improve a company's bottom line, make sure to tell people about it and get it out there as much as you can in the public eye. Because when you're cruising on LinkedIn or any sort of social media, one article, one post can catch the right person's eye. That could be a new client for you. And so really think about how to get that message out there strategically, for sure. That's great advice. And you mentioned um, you mentioned print publications, like actual magazines that people can hold in their hands versus online publications. I know me personally, I, as much as I consume online, there's nothing cooler or more relaxing than just being able to have a cup of coffee and picking up an actual print version of a magazine and just flipping through it. Where do you see print pub, like actual print uh, magazines going? Do you think there is still a future for them? Or do you think that we're going to start to see them die out unless they somehow innovate and make it more enticing for people to want to pick up a copy of the actual uh, print version? That's a great question. I mean, print is has been sort of struggling over the past few mm-hmm. decades, right? Just in general, overall. But in cannabis, you're right. There's something about that tangible, soft, those pages that you can flip that's really nice, having it as a display in your office or your house. There's something about that I think that's really that really resonates in the cannabis industry. I think part of it is people wanting to maintain the old school as we meet the new school, right? Remember the past, but embrace the future. So I think that we'll still continue to see print. I think there will be, again, more, um, we'll definitely see publications kind of go by the wayside and switch to digital. But I do think there will always be a space for those print, uh, for those print publications, for sure. They may just be more few and far between. But I think it'll just be quality, not quantity. Totally agree. I think there's a lot of really nice publications, again, quality over quantity, um, that really just do a beautiful job of of highlighting the visual elements of the space, whether it's different different flowers, um, maybe it's the visuals of inside of a dispensary. I think there is definitely a niche 
for having those those beautiful print publications. So I totally agree. I think there is a little bit of that legacy that we just want to hold on to and, and not let go of. And it's a beautiful thing to see the culture still holding on to that and not wanting to to totally get rid of it. Right, exactly. We all remember what it was like opening up a High Times magazine back in the day and seeing that centerfold of that beautiful bud, right? It was fantastic. And I don't think people want to get away from that. They want to be able to feel like they're part of the experience. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And so I have to ask, do you have any favorite publications or magazines in the cannabis space that you kind of look at as like your go-to, whether it's for B2B, B2C, but just in general, do you kind of have like your top two, top three, top five that you kind of always find yourself going back to? Oh, that's such a hard question. And I don't want to I don't want to make anyone mad. <laughs> I have so many friends and there's so many great publications. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Cannabis Now is great. Cannabis and Tech Today. Broccoli is a beautiful magazine. The artwork is phenomenal. Those are a few that I think are still really crushing it. Grow Magazine is great for all the cultivators out there, whether they're commercial or home growers. That's a great, great resource. So, yeah, there's still a lot of magazines out there that are crushing it for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that. And I love, um, yeah, Grow Magazine, I think is one of my personal favorites. It's just something about the visuals in there are just, I don't know, they just get me, you know, there's, <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but there's something about it that just kind of hits home. Um, Rochelle, thank you so much for your insight and kind of for your perspective and your vantage point on media and publishing. And this is, I think this is just such a important vertical and niche within the cannabis space because we are kind of writing history, right? I mean, I think what's taking place now and when people look back in 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to be reading your articles and they're going to be reading what you reported on. And so um, it's just cool to to be able to have this conversation with somebody like yourself who's literally writing a piece of history right now. Thank you. And yes, I, I think about that all the time. It's a true, true honor to be a part of this as we grow as an industry. I just said that to a Lyft driver, actually, a couple of days ago, he was asking me what I did for a living. And I was talking about being in the industry and what a blessing it is to get to be a part of it at the beginning and to be able to show these magazines to my grandchildren one day. I'm very excited yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So Rochelle, for those who might want to connect with you, um, maybe get in touch, reach out, what's the best way for them to do that? Definitely, I would say LinkedIn. You can look me up on LinkedIn, Rochelle Lynn Gordon. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is staygold612. You can also check me out on rochellegordon.net. So there's a few different ways to get a hold of me, but I encourage anyone to reach out if you'd like to share your story with me. I would love to hear it. There's a lot of great things in the mix for 2021 that I'm very excited about. So please reach out. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. I think a lot of us are excited. We have high hopes for, for 2021 and fingers crossed that uh, that 2021 is going to be the comeback year for, for all of us. Absolutely. I hope so. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. 
My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host Corey Elland is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.